So today we're happy to host on How I Scale My Team, uh, the amazing Benjamin Soror. We'll call him Benji, uh, just for the heck of it. Uh, Benji is the Chief Product Officer at SimilarWeb, which recently went public. I don't think it was that recent anymore. It's like six months ago. Um, hey, Benji, comment ça va? Hey, bonjour. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. It's great to have you with us. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself, Benji, kind of your background, how you got into what it is you're currently doing, uh, and m- maybe a few words about uh, SimilarWeb. Uh, yes, I would be happy to do that. So um, I'm the chief product officer of SimilarWeb. Uh, joined the company nine years ago when we were a tiny 10-people company uh, trying to pivot actually to a new business. Today, SimilarWeb, uh, we like to call it the official measure of the digital world. Uh, so we measure everything that's going on in the digital world and provide that superpower Uh, to uh, salespeople, marketeers, researchers, strategists, even investors uh, to make the right decisions uh, in the digital world and help them win. And before that, Benji? So before that, I uh, first I'm French. I, I don't think I can hide it, right, with my accent. <laughs> yeah, it's a very big surprise, I know. <laughs> so grew up in France. Uh, studied mathematics, applied mathematics that uh, I never saw that I, it would be actually useful for anything I'm doing now. Uh, but it ended up being quite useful. Uh, moved to Israel when I was pretty young, just after the, my studies. Uh, and there I started to you know, look for a job and figure out what a French guy can do in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv uh, in 2003. Uh, I ended up being uh, some kind of data scientist, even though it, it, it was not called that way at the time, more like database administrator. Um, and uh, I had the chance, I guess, uh, to end up in a company with only technical people. So they saw this uh, 23-something French guy and they told him, go get requirements from customers. And this is why I became product. So I had to basically you know, do the thing that nobody else wanted to do, which is talking to customers. So this is why uh, I ended up in my profession, actually. Nice. So we mentioned that you recently celebrated nine years at SimilarWeb. Uh, back then, Or Ofer, the founder, brought you in when you were about 10 employees or something and with the intention to pivot the company to what we know SimilarWeb is today. And how does it feel to actually build a company from scratch? Oh my God, this is uh, the biggest roller coaster ever, but uh, I'm sure Shachar knows uh, what I'm talking about as well, for sure. Um, the roller coaster, you know, it's like, uh, it's it really uh, the right image. There are ups and downs. <laughs> this is what I can tell you. Uh, but when, when you look back, of course, it's, it's a huge satisfaction, for sure. Uh, even though I don't believe that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the end of it. And uh, I would say it's even only the beginning. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's to come as well. I can tell you that the challenges you face over these past nine years are, are totally different. And the, the, the reality is that you have to reinvent uh, the company, of course, but also yourself. Uh, like, I would say every quarter. Maybe every six months, you have to reimagine what your real job is uh, because of the scale, because of how fast the company is growing. Uh, so there are a lot of interesting subjects for sure about that. So Benji is being super modest here. He's not really um, kind of talking about what he's really done in SimilarWeb. So first of all, I'll start off by embarrassing just a bit. So 
everything Benji is doing is bigger than what he's actually explaining right now. First of all, uh, Benji is a father of six, in case no one knows. That's, uh, that's a pretty hefty task to, to keep true. up with while building a company over nine years. <laughs> Um, and Benji and I, I consider Benji. But it's easier, Shachar, it's easier when you do it with the same wife. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I never tried any other alternative, but I'll have to ask around. Um, and, but, but there's a reason why Benji doesn't like working from home. It's not he doesn't like the working from home concept. He doesn't like the concept of working with six sick kids on my head kind of model. Um, to shame, this is true. <laughs> I consider Benji a friend. We, we try to collaborate as business partners, I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight years ago. Uh, it didn't materialize, but, but we did uh, stay in touch. And actually, Benji was one of the first people that I pitched Stoke to a while back. Um, Benji's journey at SimilarWeb is more than just, hey, I'm chief product officer right now. I've been here nine years. When Benji and I worked together, you're running marketing, you're running product. I mean, you're, you, you wore more than a single hat. And so when you look back at, you know, classic startup, startup days, you know, uh, the roller coaster um, and turning into a huge mm-hmm. public company, you know, what changed in your approach to how you build an organization, how you build your team, how you think about um, everything that has to do with taking, you know, an idea or a small team, a one-person show into, you know, the almost a thousand employees that you guys are now at similar web. Yeah, actually, we just crossed the thousand employees. It's a good point. Uh, you're, you're right. When you're part of the founding team, uh, you need to do what, what needs to be done, right? So when you have a problem in marketing, you take marketing. When you have a problem in uh, operation, you take operation. And and you just do what needs to be done, uh, especially when you're a small team with a lot to do, scaling very fast. You, your hiring is never fast enough to cope with the growth when you're in this type of company. Right, and this is by the way where the stock idea actually resonated a lot with me when we first talk about it, uh, Shahar, because you, you're always late, right? Once the person you hired is joining, you already need three more, and and you're you're basically always late, especially on the early days when you know you're 10, 12 people, you have a, a lot of opportunities in front of you. Also, as a culture, similar web is not the greatest at focusing, I would say, because what we do is applicable to so many things, and we have very, very large ambition. Uh, so we usually try to show more than we can. Uh, and and this is this is definitely a challenge. So so you have to hustle all the time, right? Uh, and this is at the at the beginning. The other thing, the other aspect with especially with the, the choice of employees you 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 take at the very beginning you want generalists. You want people that that like you said can be hustlers, right? Can do basically anything. And the more you grow, the more you create processes. Now we're a thousand people. It's actually the opposite now. We are looking at expertise, right? Mastery. You need the best people in that very specific niche in order to, to scale really the company and to make more impact. You actually need way more experts and way less generalists. How do you, how do you identify the hustlers? I mean, Romy's here with me. Romy's a great hustler. I mean, she's doing a lot of different things in the company. But how do you, how do you identify the hustlers? Uh, when you interview them, you can, uh, you know, identify ex- uh, experts because they can bullshit you. They don't even know they're experts in other fields that you're not. Exactly. How do you identify <laughs> the experts can usually bullshit their way, right? Uh, and it's tough to challenge them because you're hiring them because you're not the expert. So uh, um, I would say for the hustlers, we, we used to have a say with or uh, it's it's kind of a code name because it's not, it's not exactly what it describes. We We need entrepreneurs. Right, and entrepreneurs doesn't mean someone that already tried to build this company and failed, and it's not it's not about that. It's a state of mind, right? It's builders, 
people that want to build things. And and these are usually people that are less interested in uh, uh, skills skills building and more into the, the outcome, the output. So there are specific type of questions we ask and, you know, the way you describe your, uh, uh, I, I love the question of, you know, your, your best success and your biggest failure. Uh, and it says a lot about people, like, uh, uh, you know, if they are very focused on one skill type or if they're actually more holistic, looking at the big picture and looking at the outcome. So Benji, what's your biggest success and what's your biggest failure? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I cannot uh, deny that similar web building similar web is my biggest success, right? With all, uh, of course, no, nobody does things alone. But yes, I, if I have to be more granular about what's my biggest success in similar web, I think it's when we build the free offering. Right, so it was very early on, actually, in the in the nine years that I'm here. But when we understood that without disrupting the market in a meaningful way, we, we wouldn't have a fighting chance. And so creating a free offering without login, without capturing email, without nothing, right? Like it was not gross hacking even. Like it was we don't have salespeople, we're in a tiny office in Tel Aviv, our competitors are giant market research firms uh, that have thousands of salespeople, the only way we have a fighting chance is if we give something very meaningful for free. Uh, and I think this was the, the defining moment of SimilarWeb in a sense. The fact that even as of today, it's the only place on the entire internet where you can check the size of any website for free without even leaving your email, which is basically very, very unique. And this is what created a lot of the growth of the company for, for the past nine years, really. So this would be would be my my biggest success. Because you guys have introduced kind of a product-led growth before it became like a, a very public phenomenon everyone's trying to imitate. When was that when you guys introduced um, the free version? We we basically all hired me in October 20, uh, 2012. Uh, of course, it made me work from July 2012. And, uh, and we launched the, the first free product in January 2013. So yes, it's going to be nine years very soon. Wow, impressive. Uh, don't think I forgot. What was your biggest failure? So no, I, I haven't talked about my biggest failure because it's, it's, uh, uh, I have a lot of choices <laughs> about biggest failure. Uh, I, I, by the way, I, I think all failures are good, right? I, I know it's cliche, but I, I've learned tremendous amount. Uh, but I have several things that uh, I totally failed about. I tried to build my own company. So I've been an entrepreneur, actually. It was a very cute idea, very naive. Uh, I was, I think, 30-something. You know, the period where I, I think I got my second or third kid at the time. It's a period of your life where you're broke, right? Your career hadn't picked up, uh, pick up yet. You're kind of an individual contributor, not making a big uh, amount of money. And I've chose a specific life of having a lot of kids. So basically, I was totally broke, right? Still, you're a good person. You, you really want to help. And, you know, you have a lot of nonprofit organization that you feel close to. But you have basically, you're in overdraft at the bank every single month. So how do you handle that, right? How do you help still? Uh, and we created a company with a, with a friend of mine, uh, Ido Segal from Amdocs, actually. Um, that was called Cosby, the B of the cause, right? It, similar to the uh, bumper sticker ID. Uh, but on your desktop. So if you give us a real estate on your desktop, you're going to be exposed to marketing campaigns and this is going to generate money for your favorite nonprofit organization. Beautiful idea, right? Very uh, uh, very naive at the time, but very idealistic. 
Uh, and my biggest mistake was actually a strategic mistake. It was, it was so stupid, <laughs> not thinking about it retrospectively. retrospectively. Uh, we did it white label and we convinced non-profit organization to create what we call the desktop sticker, right? Like the bumper sticker, but on your desktop. So the desktop sticker. And, and we were very proud because hundreds of non-profit organizations were responding positively and we customized their desktop sticker and we launched it and we were very excited. We were sure that, you know, millions of people are going to have it. What we didn't realize is that non-profit organizations had no clue about software distribution. And both my partner and I had no clue about software distribution. So we ended up having like, I don't know, 10, 20 users per non-profit organization. Like huge things, like, you know, the, the wildlife, uh, uh, WWF, a uh, uh, huge organization that, that theoretically could generate millions of downloads. But they had no clue how to do it, and we had no clue how to do it. And we ended up having, like, no audience to monetize. And so the entire business model never took off, because if you have no audience, you cannot create marketing campaigns and so on and so on. So my biggest failure was a, a totally lack of, of uh, strategic thinking uh, or, or maybe over-optimism, I would say. Some would say that the fact that you were trying to do something so noble was your biggest mistake. <laughs> but, uh, um, well, I'm glad that your, your heart's in the right place and you're pushing it in the right direction. Yeah, uh, you know, I would have preferred to succeed, <laughs> but yes. We always do, we always do. So Benji, I want to take this uh, a bit to like a higher level. You know, by 2025, Gen Z workers will be up to about 27% of the entire workforce. It's, it's incredible. So it's a dramatic stat. And I would really like to ask you, what impact does it have today, you know, on recruiting and retention in SimilarWeb? And like, what's your perspective on this? It's an excellent question. It's actually a subject we're talking about in the leadership even. Uh, but, you know, like uh, everybody likes to say that the, the world became flat and everything is accessible and everything is extremely fast. Uh, you can uh, disrupt the company in like six months. Great. Everything is very, very, very fast. But the, the Gen Z workers actually grew, were born in that world, right, that goes extremely fast. So there is a, a, a huge lack of patience uh, in this uh, uh, generation, uh, that they expect to be promoted very fast, they expect to learn many things at a very high pace, uh, they are very, I would say, uh, they're bored very fast. And this creates a huge challenge, right? Because you, you cannot promote everybody every six months, like this, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so how do you keep them engaged? Right? How do you uh, uh, make them grow without destroying your entire, your entire org chart and career path uh, and logic of your organization? So this created a, a huge uh, uh, challenge for, for all positions in SimilarWeb, to be honest. And I'm sure we're not the only one in that case, to be honest. So wh what can you do to, to actually you know, cope with that, with that desire to learn, that desire to, to always, you know, to to be bored very fast and yet to protect your organization. So a lot of the things that I adopted uh, over the years are related to that, actually. Are related to empowerment, are related to, you know, not giving orders and letting people figure things out. It's, I, I realize that it's very healthy to make this type of employees, uh, to let them fail, actually. Right to to not be uh, to be very forgiving about failure, because this is how they learn and this is how they keep engagement high uh, by having challenges that are actually bigger than them, in a sense. So we we're very much into that in similar. We promoted people that didn't have the you know the years of experience, didn't have the uh, years of uh, schools and uh, learning. 
and and actually at the beginning failed, uh, but ended up. Uh, being amazing uh, uh, growth for the company because they learned from their failure. They they actually kept the engagement high and wanted to go even higher and ended up, uh, I, I actually have two individual contributors that I hired seven years ago that are going to be promoted C-level next year. So it, it's pretty amazing to be able to, to create that, that career path in your organization, actually. It is amazing. Uh, you know, when you you talk a lot about you know how to manage uh, and deal with uh, millennial Gen Z, uh, when you look at yourself and how Simla Web is operating and, and building the product, have you taken anything from um, you know this generation, how they behave, to how you're behaving, how you're learning, how you're building your product, how you're marketing the product, uh, beyond you know obviously trying to get them to to stick around and not jump to to another company. It's actually the the it's it's a very good lesson actually for for all entrepreneurs I think it's it's also hard psychologically but it's to never be satisfied in a sense right to always want more uh, I actually find it very inspiring of course you know on an administration point of view it, it's hard to deal with when you're uh, 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 in the C-suite but as as a philosophy it's amazing because you always want to get higher. So as a company culture, it's actually a great thing. How do managers today that are not Gen Z or Gen Y, speaking myself as a Gen Y, cope with that? Like what is maybe the skill or the way managers have to approach having employees or coworkers from that generation to, to make that kind of more holistic um, team work? First, there is a lot of education also on career growth. What does that mean, career growth? Like, when you're a young employee coming into a similar or another company, what you have in mind of career growth is always becoming a manager, right? I want to manage people, right? Which in itself, I, I think, is the wrong motivation for any profession. Uh, I manage people because I have to manage people in order to create scale. The desire to manage is the wrong desire. So first, there is a, a lot of education, What is career growth? You can go for the individual contributor uh, track and become a master at your, at your craft, uh, which is also an amazing career growth. So first, you have a lot of uh, uh, education explaining what does that mean, career growth? What are the different options to grow? Uh, this is the first thing. Second, and it's kind of contradicting my, my first point about scale and, and looking for experts in their field, uh, the, this generation wants to, to learn a lot of things. So they tend to become generalists in a sense, right? Uh, and you need to balance that. Because on one side, it's great to have generalists because you have more flexibility in your org. But on the other end, you, you need masters. At their craft so so how do you balance that you need both so so this is this is part of the of the challenge that uh, you know uh, as a manager as a team leader you need you need to address you need to have the right mix in your team uh, in order to keep things interesting for everyone and profitable for the company at the end of the day yeah i think about this um being a professionalist and being a generalist every single day it's something that really kind of is in my mind and uh balancing it i think is actually one of my biggest challenges so i can really relate to that so time flew by <laughs> actually really fast yes and it was a pleasure benji um and last question is is actually if you could go back to a moment in your incredible journey uh it can be from similar web or you know beyond that Um, to a process of building a team or composing this kind of tribe of people that has a mission, what would you have done differently? 
Like if I had a magic wand and I would do things differently, I'll, I'll, there, there are two things that uh, I would do differently. First, I would uh, uh, teach my younger self uh, to be more self-confident about hiring people that are better than you. Uh, I think that it's actually an extremely important concept. And, and for young managers, it's complicated because you always have this, you know, fear of being replaced and managing your career and stuff. But, but it's actually stupid because if you don't hire people that are better than you, you can never take on yourself more because you, you cannot ever replace yourself. Being replaceable is a good thing. And I wish I would have learned that earlier uh, in my journey. Uh, this is the first thing. And the second thing, I, I have tons of things that I would have done differently in the product, but it, it's way too long to actually <laughs> talk about that here. Benji, so, um, so true. I can totally relate to, to what you said about um, getting the right people. And uh, that's why I love having you here. It's uh, it's humbling to have you here. Uh, you know, I'm proud to consider you a friend. And um, so thank you. Thank Me you too. for uh, for taking the time. I appreciate you being uh, on my side and supporting Stoke, being one of our first customers as well although i don't see you log in as often as anymore anymore well we'll have to talk about it. yeah i have to say that i, I outsource i i outsource the outsource <laughs> uh so benji thank you thank you so much for being here and uh thank you to all our listeners uh please follow us and find our next episodes on youtube channel you can find it on our website as well Romy and myself are already excited for our next episode. You'll find out who it is later on. Um, see you in the next episode on How I Scale My Team. Romy, as always, a pleasure. Thanks for being here with thank me. Thank you, Shahar, and thank you so much, Benji. Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure.